Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. An Elio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Let's get started talking about the lost colony of Roanoke. Here's what you need to know. In 1584, Sir Walter Raleigh dispatched an exploration crew from England to the eastern coast of North America. The two-ship fleet disembarked on the present-day outer banks of North Carolina and surveyed their surroundings for six weeks. Their purpose was to map the land for future groups to eventually settle there. During their time, they encountered the native tribes that inhabited the area. The Algonquian chief and his people were very hospitable and showed them around the island of Roanoke, named after the tribe that resided there. They also agreed to let them take two local chiefs, Manteo and Wanchisi, back to London to share their findings with Raleigh. Raleigh was pleased, and in 1585, he dispatched another fleet led by Sir Richard Grenville to colonize and settle in Roanoke, which Queen Elizabeth I renamed Virginia. Set to accompany Grenville on his task was painter and illustrator John White. But Grenville's fleet 
which consisted of five ships and 600 men, ran into some trouble at sea. Storms caused them to lose one ship and the fleet became separated. Grenville and his men eventually made it to Roanoke Island in July 1985, but nearly half of their supplies had been lost. They spent weeks getting to know the settlement of the nearby Sakotan tribe. A month later, Grenville, along with White, returned to England, leaving 108 men to continue establishing their settlement. But planned reinforcements for the men never showed up, and relations with the nearby Sakotans soon deteriorated. The local natives began to die from diseases like smallpox and influenza, which had been brought to the area by the English. The Sakotans began to think that the English were cursed, and wherever they went, left behind a trail of death. They stopped giving them food and drove the colonists out for taking up their good land and resources. Without the support of the local tribes, the men were in danger. But the next summer, Sir Francis Drake happened to stop by Roanoke and offered to rescue them. The men boarded the ship and headed back to England. By the time Grenville returned a month later, carrying provisions and more settlers to inhabit the colony, all he found was an empty encampment. Their colonization effort had been a total bust. Sir Walter Raleigh was not about to give up. Not yet. The next year, in 1587, he deployed a new expedition back to Roanoke. But this time, he'd send not just men, but women and children as well. This would not be a military excursion. Raleigh promised this new group of 117 settlers, who were mostly in their 20s and 30s, large plots of land as encouragement to establish themselves in this new colony. He appointed a new leader, the painter who had been on previous expeditions, John White. And he brought along his pregnant daughter, Eleanor Dare, and his son-in-law. Once they arrived at Roanoke, they built temporary housing on the island. At the end of that summer, White departed for England to gather and bring back more supplies. I must away, lamb. I've got to go back to the Queen's England to get supplies. How long will you be gone? God only knows, Poppet. Before he left, the group agreed, If you must leave, carve your destination in a tree. And what if we're taken against our will? Then put an X on it, love. A cross on said name would signify that they'd been forced out or attacked. White intended to be back by that winter, but his return was delayed due to an ongoing Anglo-Spanish war. Queen Elizabeth I had ordered all English ships to stay in their ports in case they were needed to defend England's shores. By spring of that following year, 1588, White was given the okay to return to Roanoke, but that voyage was canceled. Sir Francis Drake needed White's ships in order to fight the Spanish Armada. White, desperate to get back to his daughter, his new granddaughter, and the rest of the group, found a privateer willing to take him. But again, that trip was thwarted when the ship White was traveling in was attacked by a French boat and forced to return to England. It wasn't until three years after leaving the colony that White was able to convince yet another privateer to charter him to Roanoke. On August 16, 1590, White finally arrived in the outer banks of the island. Land ho! It was late, though, and the ship was unable to reach the shore. 
but they could see smoke coming from the site, which they took to mean that the colonists were alive. White and the crew drank and celebrated the night away. We've done it, boys! Flagon of Rhenish on me! The next morning, White was anxious to get to his family, but a storm hit and sunk one of the ships, killing their captain and six crewmen. Finally, two days after being anchored in the Outer Banks and almost three years to the date of when he'd left, White set foot on Roanoke. Honey, I'm home! But to his surprise, the 117 men, women, and children were nowhere to be found. The smoke they'd seen two days earlier had actually come from a grass fire, not a camp. The settlement was deserted. As White looked around for the group, he found the words Croatoan carved into a fort's gatepost and Crow etched into a tree. Whatever could this mean? Croatoan was the name of the nearby tribe who had previously allied themselves with the English and who lived on another island south of Roanoke. Oh, right. The settlement didn't look like it had been attacked. None of the homes had been disassembled, and their weapons were left behind. Plus, there was no cross on the words, their code for having to leave under distress. Unfortunately, that night, another terrible storm struck, and the boats and crew, along with White, were forced to sail back to England. White was never able to check for his family on the island of Croatoan, and he never made it back to Roanoke. The settlement of Roanoke had been officially abandoned, and its inhabitants lost forever. Or were they? I don't know, but let me know if you figure it out. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. Roanoke Island is about eight miles long and two miles wide. Eleanor Dare, John White's daughter, gave birth shortly after arriving in Roanoke. Her daughter, Virginia, became the first English child born in North America. There was actually another pregnant woman in the colony, Marjorie Harvey, who had a baby shortly after Dare, but she rarely gets mentioned because no one ever talks about second place. Entire families came to Roanoke. 17 women and 11 children accompanied a party of 90 men. John White died in 1593, three years after his failed rescue attempt at Roanoke. White never gave up hope that his daughter and granddaughter were still alive. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hello, Rebecca. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hey, Rebecca. Hail, Army. And our very special guest today is... Comedian, writer, Dan Klein. Hello, everyone. Um, Dan is also the host of the Bible Brothers podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners about the Bible Brothers? Well, thank you for uh, plugging it right up top. But uh, (laughs) Bible Brothers is uh, my friend. We're going to cut it out later. Oh, really? So you won't even be mentioning it? (laughs) We're going to cut most of this out. Just edit it down. You don't listen, right? You won't won't listen? No, I won't. I don't. Yeah. I have no interest. Yeah, yeah. Your podcast. <laughs> Let us know. Sure. Great. Um, so Bible Brothers is a podcast where me and my friend and uh, fellow comedy writer Robert Padnick are reading the Bible for the first time in our lives. 
uh, and trying to understand it with sometimes with some very funny guests. Um, and if you listen to it, we're just about to finish the book of Genesis. How exciting. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I know I've said this before, but I can't wait till you hit the book of numbers. I know you've said it. You, you text me every day. You're yeah. like, where, where are you at in relation to numbers? And I'm like, we're almost there. We are now currently in Exodus. I'm very proud that we finished one of the books, but I did. I read it on my phone because I refuse to buy it because um, I don't think someone should have to buy the Bible. Um, so I scrolled through all the books and I many times have not realized how big the Bible is, but it was devastating to see how huge it is. So the, this, yeah. the podcast will go well past my death, I think. Um, mm. So I'm excited to one, na- one day name a successor. Yeah. <laughs> there, there will always That's be a Bible exciting. brother. It's like Doctor Who. Here at the Alarmist, our goal is to hit one million episodes. Um, That's great. Yeah, it sounds like you're you might also hit one million episodes. Yeah, and it's more it's not really a goal and more just an obligation. I think that we there's we can't do it without the million episodes. So you know that's nice Um, with some sponsorships and stuff. It it should be okay. Yeah, get us through it. Part two of the Bible, which is I part think, two, which is also called the new the New Testament. Yes, you'd think they'd get it tighter. You think they'd get the hang of it, but no, it's actually four different guys' version mm. of the same story. Well, speaking of the New Testament, mm-hmm. that's a perfect segue into the colony of Roanoke. How so? Uh, it isn't. I, okay. I just, we don't Got ask it. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. no. <laughs> okay, great. Follow up. Oh, oh, okay. Perfect. First off, crazy. I mean, this is one of uh, the new. I, I, I hate to even call it the new world because what is it? The new world in, in context of right? Because there were white already people. people yeah, New World White People. For white people. The white people's New World, yes. <laughs> this is uh, one of the biggest mysteries for, of that time. And some people, you know, people who are into conspiracy theories love to talk about it. Other people, I, I, I really knew very little about it until I started researching. Now, you know, okay, so what happened to them after the fact? So according to History.com, investigations into the fate of the lost colony of Roanoke have continued over the centuries, but no one has come up with a satisfactory answer. Croton was the name of the island south of Roanoke that was home to the Native American tribe of the same name. Perhaps then the colonists were killed or abducted by Native Americans. Other hypotheses hold that they tried to sail back to England on their own, sounds crazy to me, and got lost at sea and and that they met a bloody end at the hands of the Spaniards who had marched up from Florida or that they moved further inland and were absorbed into a friendly tribe. But we are not going to determine what happened to the colonists today. Are you sure? I feel like we can, we could, if we, if we work hard enough, I think we could... If we have some extra time, we'll do that. Okay. Um, I mean, we can give it a whirl. Right. (laughs) Why not? We're going to place blame on who or what is to blame for this epic historical shit show that it turned out to be. So this is technically the second colony that tried to be established. And besides, we're going to be talking about all of those other um, theories on our Aftermath episode with our favorite internet sloths. Would you say sleuths? Sleuths. (laughs) Sleuths. Sleuths. They're not sloths. No. I mean, it, you would have they're to check. Be... They could technically no, they're, be. They're not slothy. I've met them. No, they're sleuths. Uh, the web crawlers. So stay tuned for that. Off the bat, 
let's put John White up on the board. He's the guy who was gone for three years. He's a painter who's in charge of a colony. He's already gone on an, a prior expedition that was actually a failed expedition in 1577. But when he came back, he had brought these like illustrations of sketches of the, the new land and people that he encountered on the voyage. So, you know, of course, back then they didn't have photographers or videographers that they could send on the trip. So they would send painters to kind of like bring back what you see. Give us a visual. I like to think that maybe they did have photographers. Photographers, but the photographers didn't have the equipment. So they could say, I am a photographer, but... He was actually a watercolor. He liked to paint with watercolor, which was very of the time. And his sketches are actually displayed in the British Museum. And some of them are the few of the surviving illustrations of the New World from that time. But just because you're a respected painter and gentleman, of course, doesn't mean that you have skills to run a colony. I mean, we're artists, and I don't want us running anything yeah, other I, than a podcast. I'm not even comfortable giving people directions, honestly. In John White's defense, though, I think back in these days, being a painter was not as frivolous as it is now. I mean, no, I, he was definitely useful, but it's and, not like he was a dancer. <laughs> mm, right. Yeah, you wouldn't send a dancer. So let's <laughs> let's talk about the players who put these people in charge. All right. Sir Walter Raleigh being a big one who needs to go up on the board. Now, Raleigh was an English adventurer, a writer, and a favorite courtier of Queen Elizabeth I. Now, what does that mean? That means that she took a liking to him. He was apparently very, uh, what is the word? He massacred a bunch of people in a rebellion <laughs> in Ireland, and she was very pleased. Uh, I didn't think that's where, I thought you were going to say, like, charming. <laughs> no, but aside from that. <laughs> murderous. She, that's, <laughs> it was murderous. Yeah. She liked, she liked. And then <laughs> she meets the guy, and she's like, oh, my God, he's really tall. Apparently, he's like six feet, which men weren't that tall back then. And he's handsome and muscular, and he's in his 20s. She's in her 40s. Things get sexy. He's a favorite. Wow. Um, so in 1584, the queen, Queen Elizabeth, gives him, grants him a, a royal charter, which authorizes him to explore, colonize, and rule any, quote, remote heathen and barbarous lands, countries and territories not actually possessed of any Christian prince or inhabited by Christian people. She's like, go and do this. And in exchange, you have to give me one fifth of whatever you find out there in the new world, aka steel, because a big part of it was that these, these men then, or these charters, these boats became uh, privateers. So a privateer, which were, they were also called sea dogs, were private individuals who were commissioned by the government to engage in maritime warfare in exchange for a percentage of their findings. So essentially like legal pirates. But Raleigh's specific terms were such that he had to establish a, a settlement within seven years or else he was going to lose this right. So there's a deadline for him. He would be an illegal pirate. At that point, yes. or just a regular pirate. 
Just a standard pirate. Standard pirate. <laughs> Are you a standard I mean, or a legal pirate? Of course, remember that he's the, the queen's favorite. So when he, like, mm. he gets these rights to charter, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go make a settlement. And then the queen says, oh, no, 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 I don't want you to leave because I want you here. Because you're young and sexy. I got three things to put on the board here. We should put Queen Elizabeth on the board. Great. We should put height bias on the board because clearly this guy (laughs) went pretty far because what? He's uh, all of six foot. It's like, come on. Mm -hmm. And then I was also thinking just uh, indigenous racism. I mean, that's kind of, we could say like British colonialism. I I think let's put colonialism because I do think that that, I, I don't know. Am I crazy? When I think of colonialism, I think of racism. Yeah, I think that's I think it probably wasn't taught that way. But that is as people are growing up, realizing it should have been taught that way. Right. It was more taught like as I think even some of the articles you're reading are saying like and their job was to go explore and settle. And it's like, well, that those are uh, like dog whistles (laughs) for, you know, like kill whoever's there because they're not Christian. So, you know, settle wink, wink. Yeah. Quote unquote Christian. Christian. Yeah. Look like us. Yeah. And I know they're not there because you've never been there. So, hey, do whatever you're going to (laughs) do. Pretty much. Let's talk about the queen because I love that you brought that up, Chris. England is actually in a very tough spot in the 1580s. Spain is making a ton of money from gold from the colonies that they established in South and Central America. If you guys remember the Aztecs and Cortez, that was 1520s. So by now they're rolling in it. They've got a lot of gold. Now, France is also coming up in the colonial efforts. And there's apparently these Irish rebellions against British rule that were becoming more and more frequent. And they were costing England a lot of money to suppress um, these rebellions. And the Queen was just worried about, you know, this, this, there's also the Scottish King who, who wants to kind of take over. So she, she's feeling a little threatened. And in order to keep England from being swallowed up by these rival powers, she has to hold her kingdom together. And for her, colonizing is the answer. I've got a cu- couple things already that are maybe I could throw on the board. Yeah, <laughs> throw them. I think a, a gold lust, you know, a lust for, for riches is problematic um, and is causing a lot of this. And then it also seems like misplaced envy. You know, if you saw your friend was making lots of money, but you found out like that person's running like a Ponzi scheme, you know, what are, are your feelings like, okay, well then I'm going to run, the, I want to run a Ponzi scheme. Or you say like, you know what, I'm going to distance myself from them. It's maybe not worth the trouble. And so the queen of England is seeing these people just like destroying the Aztecs and Mexico. And she's like, well, I want a piece of that. Back to rally. I think we need to also put up on the board long distance planning because Raleigh is doing all of this from England because he's not allowed to go himself. But I don't know, like I planned my wedding from New York and we got married in Florida and that was a nightmare. Yeah. So remote project managing? RPM? Yeah. Yeah. Remote project (laughs) managing. I like that. That's a problem. RPM at that time. (laughs) Do they even know how far away the new world is? Like when they're leaving, you know, is it like, yeah, give or take? Yeah. You know, a few weeks on water, we should hit something. At this point, they know where they're going. They know where the ports are. And what I find is weird, 
What is weird is that they go to port. Many of these uh, journeys, they go to Puerto Rico first, and then they go up to North Carolina. Wow. Probably because the port of Puerto Rico was way more established, and they could use it to like. Uh, not refuel, but uh, get more food or provisions or uh, whatever. And unwind then a little bit, get a little sun, yeah. relax. <laughs> yeah, just, Rela- yeah, beautiful. Hit the casino, it's a beautiful island. You know? Go to the casino. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of yeah, take a few days off. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you probably get a little crazy at sea, so you want a few days on land. Chat, shake it off. Dance. Chat. That would be nice. A nice talk with a friend. <laughs> but Catch like, up. Joking aside, they actually like fix their ships or something. That's what I'm they, sure. They, definitely. They definitely. Well, yeah, it yes. was like a, it was a hub. Right? It was a hub. And so it really took like almost two months to get from England to uh, North Carolina. That was kind of give or take. If you hit up if you hit some bad weather that that sucked, that would make it harder for you. Right. I mean, you can't then not consider just, you know, fatigue, ship fatigue or, you know, ocean fatigue, like the, what these guys are going through mentally mm. to go back and forth. It seems like if you're trying to establish a colony, you know, having to travel back and forth for such long periods of time with God knows what they're eating on there, you're not going to be in your healthiest mindset. We've talked quite a bit about um, like colonization in general and like maybe what led to the colonizing of Roanoke. But what specifically about Roanoke Mm. can we put on the board that we think led to this strange disappearance of the colony? Well, I do think that the purpose for Roanoke, like like thinking of it, like, why are we even doing this was to also be a port for these privateers. So mm. maybe we can put privateering up on the board. And that's the I legal like that. pirates? That's the legal pirates. Because that's what <laughs> okay. Queen Elizabeth, that's why she wanted Roanoke. It was a good hub for them. You need it. Maybe Puerto Rico was getting too crowded. Well, or it wasn't English. It wasn't English. It was Spanish. Well, this, okay. This is big. <laughs> Should we put the Spanish up on the board? Because they were <laughs> such avid colonizers that it, it maybe made... Queen Elizabeth makes some panicked decisions about even returning to Roanoke I, to, I, for the second and third time. I love that. I think absolutely, especially because it's twofold. The Spanish is uh, putting them up as twofold because not only did they encourage her to make bad decisions, but the reason that uh, John White's ship and why, why it took him three years to come back was because of the Spanish, the Anglo-Spanish War. Now, England was at war with uh, Spain at the, at the time, and it was a longish war, and they needed those ships. So the queen had to be like, you can't go back to Roanoke because we might use, need your ship to fight the Spanish. So not only were the Spanish the ones who uh, kind of planted the seed into this bad idea, and they were also the reason why John White couldn't go back and rescue and don't some there's a theory that the Spanish maybe killed the settlers, right? Mm. So Spain people. is really starting to have a big, big impact on this. <laughs> I, I hadn't even been considering them, but yeah, we need to talk about the people who were actually there because this goes back to Amanda's question: like, what what about this disaster uh, was caused by by the actual settlement? Now, two parts. First of all, there's the rowdy Englishmen from the first settlement, the, the military one. 
Now, oh, so it's just a, it's just like a bunch of soldiers there, yes, kind of with the nothing to do. That was the first round. Now, That's as you can cause imagine, problems. as you can imagine, bro, Dan Cummings, Bro Island, <laughs> Bro <So>, Island, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, that's where I'm. Recipe that's for we'll disaster. Call we'll call it. I, bro I smell a sitcom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we open on Roanoke. <laughs> it's 1585. <laughs> Perfect. I'm interested. Sorry, Chris Smith and Dan Klein. I love it. No Please. women. That's for sure. No, that's yeah, very easy. Well, easy. That, well, Dan is from New Jersey. I'm from Long Island. Long Island is Bro Island, basically. Yeah. It's true, and New Jersey is is Bro Island adjacent. I mean, I, I was very close to Staten Island, so yeah, that's yeah. like Bro Island Junior. Yes, totally. <laughs> so these guys, according to Dan uh, Cummings, his podcast Time Suck. Raleigh decided that the first colony failed due not only to the location, but to the caliber of the colonists. Lane described the soldiers he had commanded as, quote, wild men, unruly and difficult to control. Now, they were criticized for being too aggressive and quick to resort to violence. They killed the local people, he wrote, quote, upon causes that on our part might easily enough have been born. Many of the men had been in, uh, unsuited to the hardships of life in a fledging colony. Uh, Raleigh had therefore decided that the new colony would be civil, a civilian settlement rather than a military one. Um, and that's why he decided to essentially um, uh, add the women and children. Now, we do need to talk about this aspect of revenge, now that we're getting into the ins and outs of, of what actually happened before the disappearance um, during this second settlement attempt. So this is, this is a crazy story and here it goes. A settler named George Howe goes to a Creek near the settlement to fish unbeknownst to him hidden in the trees was a group of Secatan warriors. They were still angry after the epidemics that spread uh, from the last fail co- failed colony. So they shoot Hal with 16 arrows, and then they beat him, beat him with clubs until he essentially dies. Now, according to historyontrial.com, which I can't believe it's my first time going to this website, History on Trial, Captain Stafford takes Manteo, who is one of the uh, chiefs that's an ally for the co- colonizers, and 20 men over to, to the Croatone Island to investigate the murder of George Howe, right? Because White is like, we need to get to the bottom of what happened to this one of our guys. So the Croatoans reveal that Howe was killed by some of Wingina's men, so a different tribe, um, and the, the, the Secatans, as we said before. The Croatans agree to renew old ties with the colonists, but plead with them not to take any of their grain as they're already short on food. So they're like, okay, these other guys did it. We can be friends again, but, uh, you know, just stay away from our food. White, who had proposed a meeting of all the leaders in an attempt to resolve uh, the hostilities, realizes that he will not receive an answer from the responsible chiefs, so the other tribe. In an attempt to avenge the death of Howe, White leads an attack against the village of Dasamangapek. I said that totally wrong. But they're the tribe of Secatan people that were responsible. Mistakenly, though, the people who are killed during this raid are the Croatan tribe who had been there 
to take what they could from the settlement after the tribe deserted it, presumably because they had feared on an attack. They had feared an attack by the colonists. So some of those killed were women. And because of this, the Croatans then refused to supply the colonists with food when theirs began to spoil. So major oopsie-daisy. It just sounds like, you know, big time miscommunication. I mean, I feel like we have to put the Croatoans up on the board. Just, you know, just to put, not saying we're going to blame them. I'm just saying <laughs> they were, you know, part of all this drama that went down. So the, yeah, the brouhaha. I mean, they, you know, they're the victims. They were the victims. Not They were like, okay, we'll be your friends. Just don't, you know, take our stuff anymore. And then they're like, yeah, you got it. And then they go and they kill them. <laughs> That's, I know it's t- it's terrible, but the settlers wrote Croatoan on the right. tree. So whether they went willingly as friends or went there, I don't I don't know. We don't, but it feels like we have. Sounds to like they're framing, a- don't you? Like given the settlers, <gasps> oh. the settlers' pattern here is pretty bad. You know, every decision that they've made, it's not really adding up. And then to have the native tribe's name written out in English is already like a, a bit of a clue <laughs> like who wrote it to then be like let's make it seem like it was them oh. for some you know like let's blame it on them i still don't but understand they why put they would the x so the x was to signify that they went mm. against their will or were attacked so i what really frustrates me is that no one ever went to croatoan to check Right. Well, that's yes, weather. This kills we can, me. Well, we can blame weather. the weather for that one. Weather, storm. Stormy. Oh. I still feel like there's something fishy going on because part of that story with, um, I forget which guy we're talking about, but he's like almost going back there, sees that they're not, and then there's like a storm and he's like, I got to go back to England. <laughs> I've never right. heard of that. Well, yeah. okay. So in all fairness, we have to understand he's, he's with a group of privateers who are like, come on, come on, man. We didn't even want to. <laughs> We didn't want to stop here at Roanoke anyway. We got to go. What we need to remember is that privateers always want to go, go, go. They have a go, go, go lifestyle. <laughs> they love the, the go, bustle. The go, go lifestyle yeah. of the privateers. Come on, come on. I got to get back to England. I'm going to be late. <laughs> Rebecca, we're coming up on time. So if you have any other things to throw up on the board, do it now. I have to do one more, which might be a, a bit of a, a controversial one. And that is, now maybe you guys can help me name it, but so far what I'm working with is racism making this a bigger story than it ever should be. Mm. Okay? It's a little long. Mm. I, don't ha- I don't love it. But hear, hear, hear this out. According to the New York Times, they were made, so they were made the heroes of 19th century romances. Uh, Confederate sympathizers tied them in with themes of the lost cause and the nationalistic outdoor musical was drawn, uh, has drawn more than 4 million people, including president Franklin D Roosevelt since 1937. Before those works, the colonists had been historical footnotes said Charles Ewan, an archeologist at East Carolina university Uh, It is not clear how much their contemporaries even wondered what happened to them. He, Mm. He said, given how common failure, death and disappearance were in European ventures across the Atlantic. It's no big mystery until you start to get historical type of writings in the 1800s, he says. And then it gets to be our big mystery and it fits into racist ideas. 
Wow. Now, Vice article says the term, quote, lost colony itself was popularized in an 1837 magazine story that introduced the overarching mythos of Virginia Dare, the first English child born in American shores and uh, who was from Roanoke and vanished with her fellow, fellow settlers. As the first, quote, white child born in the New World, she became a potent symbol among the nationalists, in addition to being the main character of many Roanoke stories. My question is, have we been played? Was this not a big deal? Is this some kind of racist propaganda to make the native tribes look bad? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yes. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Course, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it does really remind me of, you know, the things of like, say, Confederate statues, but that wasn't even put up. You know, those were like put up in the 1960s or something. And it's like, well, these were they, they, you see what's going on here. <laughs> if you look at like the the years of it. And yes, I think like how it's like a hundred and something people disappeared. Like how many other colonies and just places in general did this happen? Like. 
sure, if you want to make a big deal out of it. And the argument is that it's possible that they they really did survive and they just melded into uh, or became part of these other uh, local tribes. And, you know, if that's the case, you know, because there is a little bit of evidence that says that explorer John Lawson visited the island in 1701 and reported that several of the Hatteras people claimed that quote, several of their ancestors were white people. Dawson's mm. book summarizes a decade of archaeological evidence that seeks to end persistent the persistent American myth. You're robbing an entire nation of people of their history by pretending Croatoan is a mystery on a tree, um, says Dawson. They're, they were people that mattered a lot. So what do we call this? I mean, what about something like lore or going back to the Clinton episode, sexy writing or, you know, anything racist that, lore? Romanticism. Uh, Romantic. I like roman- romanticism. Um, of the past. Nostalgia. No, that's not really well, nostalgia. But, uh, it, what that's not really covering, though, is the, the racism. intent. The racist intent. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, what about it's like propaganda? It's almost like... Mm, um, propaganda. Yeah, propaganda. Ra- racist propaganda? Yeah, A little propaganda, bit. because they had to... They, I mean, what, what the colonizers did in the New World was atrocious, right? They killed so many people. They took so many things. I mean, we have a history of... It's a terrible history that no one likes to talk about. And in order to tell themselves that they did the right thing, they needed this kind of propaganda. How about uh, how about narrative focus? Oh, yeah. That, that, something like that is good. Like, um, what, what, li, what's it called when you take liberties with um, stretching the facts for a story? It's called like... Um, mm. um, um, it's like lying? weird... Like lying. Um, Poetic... License. Oh, poetic license. license, poetic license, racist poetic license. I love that. Let's put it RPL. Up. <laughs> <laughs> We've got and RPM no, um, and RPL. <laughs> Don't confuse those. They're very different. <laughs> those two, they're totally different things. And now we also have a name for the play, the literal play, and who wrote it that started to shift perception, right? You had that in your notes, Rebecca. Yes. What was the, the uh, name of that? A lost cause. Lost cause. Um, it's called, yeah, lost yes. cause. Yeah. It's a good name, though. Is this everything, I mean, or what do you think? This is it for me. I feel like we got a lot of the good stuff. Should we, like, throw, oh, well, if we had something real yeah, fast, you throw it out, let, you know, let, like, yeah, you know, North Carolina, out. you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, it's maybe not a great place. Uh, <laughs> oh, like it's cursed? Uh, maybe, you know, who oh, knows? Maybe, oh, maybe uh, bad juju. I feel like bad juju. Karma had, had bad juju. They England's got, got some. <laughs> Some juju coming their way. Uh, even just lies. You know, the whole thing also kind of reeks that it's just a big lie. It didn't even happen. <laughs> that's kind of my, I, that's what I'm starting to feel after hearing all the facts. Like, I don't even think they, they did disappear. I think it was like a small crappy colony and they were like, all right, this is fine. I'm going, I got to go home. Uh, who's to blame for the lost colony of Roanoke? John White, Sir, Ra- Sir Walter Raleigh, Queen Elizabeth, height bias, colonialism, gold lust, Misplaced Envy, Remote Project Managing, or RPM, Privateering, The Spanish, Bro Island, or Rowdy Englishmen, Revenge, Weather Slash Storm, Racist Poetic License, or RPL, Lost Cause, North Carolina, Bad Juju, or Lies. (laughs) Okay, so right off the bat, I think that we can take height bias off. 
<laughs> some of the earlier ones you see now why Rebecca was trying to get us back on track to talk about the actual colony. <laughs> because you're like, yeah, I don't I'm not sure gold lust or misplaced envy is necessarily. <laughs> well, I actually think we could wrap gold lust, misplaced envy into Queen Elizabeth. Yes. Mm. Yeah, but it's it- that's more of a broader view of this. And uh-huh. even colonialism, because if I don't know, it's just a little bit bigger, and Roanoke is so specific. I I don't know. There's a colonialism you could blame a lot on, but maybe not the disappear or the mystery of Roanoke. Right, maybe? but like, why were they there? There, was, Colo- I know. I mean, like, it's still there. It's so literally it starting a colony. It's yeah. the colony of Roanoke. <laughs> Let's it's keep a it colony is a problem. Yeah, colony. Yeah. yeah, it's right in the name there. It's right in the name. There. <laughs> I think we RPM could leave remote project managing because you know it seems like that's just like the way things worked back then. You had to do it remote. You had to work. It remote. does make it a good system, though. It's true. You know. it's... <laughs> It's still a bad system. It's still tough system, to. Yeah. Now, definitely, we could take North Carolina off. I don't think. <laughs> well, well, well. Hold on. <laughs> and and the bad juju. I just don't believe in juju. I guess. I think well, you, now you, I'm you start, make yeah. it. You make it for yourself. With something like racist poetic license, I do believe that that plays a part in the story. The the myth of it. But does that? Are, is that what we're talking about? Or are we talking about the literal? I think we're talking about the actual <sighs> events. The actual events. Amanda? I mean, I don't know. We are and we aren't because we're we're not trying to boil it down to what actually happened to them. So are we just talking about like who's to blame for a colony? That doesn't seem that interesting to me. I feel like, I don't know. You were talking about Roanoke specifically. It's like why, I guess it it comes, that that brings up like, why are we talking about it? Mm. Right? Why Why are we doing this? this I mean, why podcast at all? <laughs> at all. Why is that an art form or, you know, media? <laughs> why is this a mystery to look into in the first place? That's true. That's true. RPL. R- R- racist poetic license. Yeah. Right. Are we the fools? We are the fools. I, I think we keep up RPL yeah. for now because we also have the big slap, uh, Dan, that um, I think it could be a contender for. Right. So let's take a weather and storm, uh, you know, that... That definitely played into it. I mean, that's the reason why he couldn't get back to them. But that, yeah, that weather and storm. Well, I, I feel that feels like a scapegoat. You know, that's not. This is a story exactly. of people. People are manipulating the events. I don't want to. You know, it's not Mother Nature. Exactly, and, She's and doing you her know, own thing. they're 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 on ships all the time. They know right. that weather's and uh, you know storm. Yeah, come happen. on, come Took on. It, yeah, and and plus, it's like, what does the weather and storm have to do with the carving and the tree? In which case, since we're not speculating here, I believe we could take off Revenge and Bro Island because those are just theories. Hmm. Mm, I was trying to remember what Bro Island was. was <laughs> the- it's the rowdy Englishman. Well, that was the first attempt at, the, at a bad colony, right? Yeah, and it set up a bad uh, relationship with all the local tribes. Oh, but so then I would keep Bro Island on, no? Yeah, I think I would keep Bro Island on. Um, and maybe I guess I would take revenge off because if anything, the revenge happened because of Bro Island. The Spanish. Spanish. <laughs> it's just such a weird thing to have on a list of people you're blaming for something. <laughs> the Spanish. We, we could take Lost Cause off and I do think we could take Lies because I think this, this disaster is more than, mm-hmm. more than the lies. We still have John White, Sir Walter Raleigh. Queen Elizabeth, colonialism, privateering, 
right? They're, and they're, they're and go, go, go lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Spanish bro island and racist political license. Poetic. RPL. Oh, well, sorry. I want to, I, I want to take John White off because I feel bad for him. And I think that he really was doing everything he could to try to get back. He tried like a hundred times. Yeah, so he says. He did. <laughs> but I guess so that's yeah. Does. That's maybe yeah. We'll take his word for it. That's we have to. We have. That's all we have. Yeah. I, I wonder also about the Spanish because you know it feels more like it's competition. Well, this is more of a question. It feels like it's competition between empires, you know. And so, mm. had it not been the Spanish, it may have been someone else. Sort of gets rolled up into into colonialism, colonialism. in general. Now it's now, this is when it gets tough because we have a lot of good contenders. Sir Walter Raleigh, Queen Elizabeth, colonialism, privateering. Why are we privateering? You know, privateering and colonialism sort of go hand in hand. What's terrible about it is that they have the same, we're bigger and stronger, so we're going to do whatever we want attitude kind of towards the native population. It should be colonialism and privateering and their go, go, go lifestyle. <laughs> Maybe lose that last word. Colonialism, comma, privateering, and the go-go lifestyle. I gotta say, personally, I'm narrowing in on Sir Walter Raleigh and racist poetic license. Those two are hitting me in the right spot. Mm. More than Queen Elizabeth? Because she, she kind of encompasses colonialism of the time. Yeah, I don't know. There was something. So there was a lot of colonies that were settled that didn't disappear into thin air. So I think for me, it doesn't have the same bite. I think Raleigh Mm. mismanaged Roanoke specifically. Because the RPM, the remote project managing. (sighs) Can you put that back on? (laughs) I really like that, Amanda. I I like where your head's at. I think we can take Queen Elizabeth off. Wow. And I guess we can take Bro Island off. Mm. Because they're a product of, you know. Sir Walter Raleigh. Sir Walter Raleigh and the colonialism that's happening, you know, around them, which which then leaves us with Mr. Raleigh and RPL, racist poetic license as like as a reminder. I I like that because it's a reminder. It's like, what were you doing? This shouldn't have been a tragedy. Who are we yelling at there? I'm, I'm slapping. We're sort, of yell, we're sort of yelling at ourselves mm. for covering it, right? And, and sort That's of interesting. Yeah. Per- perpetuating the, yes. the intrigue and interest in Roanoke. Exactly, Chris. That feels like a nice modern take. I don't know, Rebecca, which way you're leaning, sending RPL or SWR to jail. <laughs> um, but if you were leaning toward RPL going to jail, we could integrate Walter Raleigh into Bro Island and give Bro Island the big slap. Oh, just saying. I don't know. Right. Okay. I think... <laughs> what do you think? I think I want to send RPL, Racist Poetic Justice, uh, license to, uh, to jail. And I'm okay with giving Bro Island and his top dog and their top dog the big slap. This feels right. Okay. Well, then I'm, I'm calling it. Bro Island and your top dog, Sir Walter Raleigh, you're getting the big slap. Racist poetic license, RPL, you're going to the alarmist jail. Can't believe we ended up sending RPL. I think we did the right thing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, given that, you know, just how tough of a year it's been, it feels good to send RPL to <laughs> do some time. Gives you feels like we've got some power here. Well, thanks, Dan. Thanks for joining us today and getting, helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for the lost Roanoke colony. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad that I finally got to do this. Go, get to the bottom of the lost colony what I, is what I mean. <laughs> I know. You've been wanting to do that all your life. And I did it today. After the disappearance of the Roanoke colony, Britain did not establish a permanent colony until Jamestown in 1607, nearly two decades after John White left North America in 1590. Scholars continue to try to shine light on what actually happened, and archaeologists dig in the area constantly, hoping to find answers. Roanoke still remains a mystery. you think is to blame by going to the alarmistpodcast.com follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week we'll be discussing the bhopal gas tragedy Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.